Welcome to the Actors Wish podcast. My name is Sarah Hayward Rahimova, and I am an international actress, writer, and teacher. Today, let me be your scene partner. Let this podcast be your laboratory. And in this space, let your wish run free. I know you're ready to peel your layers, take risks, and open yourself to new levels of artistic discovery. Consider this your weekly dose of inspiration, technique, and community where actors support one another. Together, we can explore our wishes beyond the classroom, beyond the audition room, beyond the stage and the screen, and cultivate a rich, vibrant, ongoing creative life. Let's turn down our brains, trust our bodies, activate our inner resources, and find joy in the process. Together, let's take the leap from actor to artist. Hello, 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 creative rebels, actors, artists. Welcome to today's episode. I'm so, so, so excited that you're here, that we are having this incredible discussion. The guest today is one of my dear friends, my mentor, my coach, a beautiful soul, inspiring and uplifting the planet every moment. Gabby Miranda. I have been dreaming of having her on for so, so long, and I'm so excited for you and her to get acquainted and to enrich your own abundance mindset, enrich your own ideas of possibility, and enrich your own personal power. So just a little note about Gabby, a little introduction. Gabby Miranda is an ethical manifestation and success coach mixing neuroscience and spirituality to help mostly women and non-binary people, men are also welcome, release self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and perfectionism to create lives full of joy, freedom, and impact from abundance and self-love. She is certified in NLP, EFT, clinical hypnotherapy, time techniques, and life and success coaching. Everything she does involves La Pachamama, Mother Nature, Law of Attraction, and Human Design. A quote from Gabby. Everything is possible for you, no matter where you come from or what the circumstances look like. I know, because I did it. Oh. I'm so excited for all of us because <laughs> I'll be listening again and again too. And I know the minute this episode ends, you're going to want to find Gabby to connect with her, to work with her, to collaborate with her. So I will be sure to include her Instagram handle in the show notes at Joy Pursuit, her Facebook page at Gabby Miranda. I was going to say at Gabby Miranda, but I think Facebook handles are different. And her Twitter at Joy Pursuit, as well as her website, joypursuit.com. Ambition with a conscience. Ambition with a conscience. We are here for it. And be sure at the end to take a screenshot of this episode and tag 
at Joy Pursuit, at Serabanda in your Instagram stories and let us know what you think, what stirred in you, what moved, any wishes or impulses that came to the surface, any breakthroughs or ahas. We would love to hear it. And we also want to know what you want to hear more of in the future. Remember, this is a dialogue and I know Gabby is equally as excited for you guys to reach out as I am. And just a note, we're recording this episode on two different continents, so thank you for your patience in advance for little moments of delay or sound issues, but Gabby's voice comes in super clearly, and I'm so thankful for that. And without further ado, let us raise the lights, open the curtains on today's episode. Enjoy! Welcome, Gabby. I'm so, so, so happy to have you here today. I've been dreaming of this moment probably for three months. So I'm so excited that this is happening. How are you doing this afternoon? I am doing fantastic. And now that I'm talking to you and seeing your beautiful face and just basking in your marvelous energy, even better. So thank you so much. I have been dreaming of this moment. From the very first moment, you said you were called to having your own podcast and I've listened to you talk about the art of going from uh, just living through the motions of being an actor to actually being a conscious creator on stage and I feel so aligned with that message because it is all about how I live my life of consciously creating the change I want to see in the world. We are not even a minute in and I have chills. Like, I think I have goosebumps all over my body. That is what happens in the presence of Gabby. (laughs) Phenomenal. (laughs) Before we dive into, I was about to say the meat of the episode, but I know you don't eat meat and I rarely eat meat. So I'm taking this from you. Tofu and potatoes. (laughs) Yes. Before we dive into the tofu and potatoes, I would love for you to share your your story your journey up to this up to this moment of where you are in your life in your creative process in your business in your visions uh because your story is i think we need a new word beyond inspiration you show what's possible you're a living example of possibility so thank you so much and possibility is probably the corner store or the ground that i have built my life on um you know, but our listeners are getting to know me for the first time. So hi, I'm going to introduce myself personally. My name is Gabi Miranda and I'm from Venezuela, a country north of South America, right on the Caribbean, which you might have heard of in the news over the past, oh, I don't know, maybe 20 years, because we are a total incomplete disaster. Um, as someone who grew up in a country that started off as being one of the wealthiest of all of South America with the largest oil reserves in the continent, the creators of the OPEC, um, and really the leaders of the industry up until the 80s even, I got to experience the opposite of the rise of an economy, but the rise of communism. And I was able to go from a country that was pretty normal, like you could do things like go to the grocery store and buy food there, or go to the drugstore and buy medicine there, or play outside in a tree 
to a country where there would soon be no jobs, no medicine, no food in supermarkets, and no civil rights. So knowing what it's like to live in a place where there is unsafety, where nothing is guaranteed, not even the very air that you breathe because one day you wake up and people are burning up tires in front of your house because there's political unrest that particular morning. And that just ends up being a regular Tuesday in your life. I can definitely say now having consciously manifested and created my life, living in Switzerland with the love of my life, the freedom-based business that's making the multiple figures that I could only dream of as a child, I can definitely say you can create and have the life that you want when you are creating from a place of possibility instead of the past. And what I can tell from a little story is um, I am a conscious manifester. I'm an ethical manifestation and success coach right now, helping conscious leaders and conscious creators live a life of integrity, creating businesses in the divine feminine energy that feel aligned to their soul and who they are so that they can be the change that they want to see in the world. Wow. If we had a microphone, I would say mic drop. (laughs) I have Um, all these sensations moving through. Continue. So um, the best way I can kind of short, uh, shorten the whole story, because it has been decades in the making, um, I can share how I ended up getting into manifestation and metaphysics in the first place, which was in 2008. We had already been under the military rise and regime of my country. Right now, just so you have an idea of how incoherent it is, uh, we have two precedents and we've had two precedents for more than a year and a half or two now. It's kind of hard to keep up. We have two Congresses, which we call national assemblies. Um, So one is the opposition, which eventually after literally two decades of trying and going for it, won. And then the president was like, oh, well, I actually do not recognize this uh, Congress, so I will create my own. And that's the one I'm sticking with. So that's actually the world. (laughs) This is literally what's happening right now in that country. And at the time in 2008, I was already seeing the signs, even at a very young age, because um, Hugo Chavez was now dead, and you might remember him for his ridiculous speeches uh, are all around the world where he hated Bush, and it was a very hilarious relationship that he had, an, an obsession with Bush at the time. He used to have all the most ridiculous names. Um, and we would make fun of him and just say like, man, you don't just have a crush on him. like. <laughs> be real. (laughs) No one is this obsessed with someone the way you are. You went on stage to call him like the sulfur devil or something like that. It was so funny. Whenever he walked around, he would say, it smells like sulfur. Because um, he was sharing the same, I don't know, International Congress or whatever, whatever Bush was. So this just gives you a little bit of an idea of how crazy things were already and I was like look this is not a place where I want to stay and I had already trigger warning for those of you who have been to traumatic experiences in life know that I'm going to briefly mention them but not get deep in them I had already been kidnapped at the age of 17 held hostage three times and robbed at gunpoint so many times I literally lost count and it was at the age of 23 when I had already, like it was the last time that I was held hostage. I just made that decision. 
I cannot stay here anymore. And I was already studying metaphysics uh, because in college I studied mass media and communications and I was given the task by one of my teachers to analyze from the communications and filmmaking point of view the script structure of the movie, the mockumentary really, The Secret. So learning about The Secret, I watched wow. the film and I go through what they're saying and I'm like, oh wait, but I kind of believe in that already. And like, that's what I do. And like, I already did that with my, at the time boyfriend's car. And like, I just kept thinking that he was gonna show up in that red car and he was gonna pick me up. And like, what are you talking about? That that's a thing that already exists. I end up meeting these two beautiful uh, Venezuelan, uh, obviously women who were studying with me, gorgeous, brown, rich, uh, just native women. Uh, and they asked me, are you interested and would you like to go to a meditation class? So I was like, oh, hell yes, I'm down. I go in and then I learn about consciously creating your reality with the power of your thoughts. And at the time I was very much a skeptic but I've always had one thing about me that I think, uh, and I would love to inspire everyone to have, and it's mm. always try everything once with an open mind. That's phenomenal. That's a yeah. great mantra. Always try everything once with an open mind. If you don't like it, if it's not your thing, that's great. But at least you went into it with an open mind, just zero expectations and allowing yourself to be taken over by the experience. And that's exactly what happened to me with metaphysics. And the more I read about it and was challenged by it, the more I was determined to test it out. And I admit at the beginning, I wanted to prove it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> at the very beginning, I was like, this is the biggest of the BSs I've ever heard. Um, but there was a little part of me that kept saying, you know, it's not. Gosh, that's the little seed of truth. <laughs> um, it was all just that fear-based and external programming from what we now call the 3D matrix that was just telling me it's not possible. Um, you know, you come from a poor family. There's no way you can aspire to any of these things. I was so limited in my thinking that the reason I went into that particular um, school and branch of studies was because I thought, oh, well, this is something I could easily get a job in in a company and kind of like grow financially from there and it might be stable. It was not something that I, I did not even dare to dream because I thought dream was a luxury for like, quote unquote, white people of some other country in the world. Mm. I just needed to make sure that I would be able to pay the bills, which is not something I had guaranteed while I was growing up, put mm -hmm. food on the table, also something I did not have guaranteed growing up and just keep myself safe which was just not my experience until that moment. And then at that moment, 23 years old, back to that moment where I was held hostage the last time, anger, a very um, a bad rap emotion <laughs> that can actually spur your booty into action when you use it the right way. Ooh. I was like, I am not gonna let this be my story. I am not gonna let this be my life. I am gonna freaking create a different reality for myself. I'm getting out of this country, I'm doing it legally. And I'm gonna prove everyone who told me that I couldn't do it freaking wrong. And I did. Oh my gosh, that epic decision, that pivotal decision. Like I, I oh, 
continue. Sorry, <laughs> interrupted. So my very first and big and wonderful manifestation was that at the time I was very competitive with my with my ex. Don't ask me why. He was making a certain amount of money in bolivares, our currency in Venezuela at the time, because it's changed like three times since then. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to make like what he made, but like a little bit more, like just a little bit more. I just wanted to make more as a woman. Don't ask me why. I was just motivated. And I come up and I start every single day in the morning on my walk to work, which was like about 10 minute walk. I would tell myself, I would see this check in my head. I would see the amount. It was 5,200 bolivares at the time. Um, and I was like, yes, this is what I'm making. And I see myself receiving it. I asked for a race at work and they tell me no even though I was running the whole freaking company because my employers had moved to Miami, escaping the rising communism and lack of power because we had power outages for four hours a day, every day at the time. Uh, mm. And I was like, this is so unfair. And I kid you not, I was doing this morning thing for about two months when I get in touch with a friend over the internet and MSN Messenger, for those who are old, what up, vintage? <laughs> if you remember MSN, what's up there, millennial? <laughs> we are aging like a fine wine. So um, I, he actually tells me, so I'm working at, a, at an agency and I'm like, hey, you are a journalist. What are you doing taking my job? Stop taking my job. So we have a little banter. And this is a Thursday. The next Tuesday, literally, he's like, hey, I just passed on a job that I kid you not at the exchange rate was, it was $600 at the time, but it was 5,200 bolivares and a little bit something extra at the exchange rate of the time. And he's like, oh, that's less than what I'm making at the agency now. But I recommended you since you mentioned that you're looking for something else. And in that moment, I started to create my life consciously. I started to create it for the better from the place of possibility. And I ended up moving to Panama only 11 months after that. Wow. And <laughs> how to continue after, after such, such a moment? I mean, you've lived all over the world. You've worked all over the world. You've lived all over the world. You've created and cultivated this life. And the amazing element of it for me is that there was that I know of no one in your immediate surroundings that was modeling this type of behavior. This is something, this was your own personal volition. This was your yes. own personal impulse speaking through everyone putting you down, everyone saying it's not possible. And that to me, that, that inner flame in you is, it's magnificent. I actually heard, and it's it's really good that you bring that up because we're talking about consciously creating your life. And when you are bold enough to do that and believe that you can do it, and for people listening to us who want to live off their art and have heard of that limiting belief, you know, the starving artist, and if, you know, artists don't make money, they only make money after they die, da 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 da. Um, or you have to like sell your soul or your body for it. All of these limiting beliefs that are circling around and that we are being programmed through repetition over and over because. Uh, as some of you know, and I'm like not really good at introducing myself because I'm all I'm, I'm not just a coach. I am a certified NLP, that's neurolinguistic programming, EFT, emotional liberation, emotional freedom techniques, clinical hypnotherapist, time techniques master, and life and success coach. So I have studied the subconscious mind extensively in addition to metaphysics to understand exactly how this happens, that we end up creating our reality from the images that we create in our minds that we call the gestalt in the NLP world. 
So when you have all of this information, and I very much had it, like my family told me that uh, my my cousins that I grew up with as is my brother and sister, they both went through the traditional route. Like one of them is an engineer, the other one is a dentist, you know, medical or engineering. Those were the only two available and, you know, acceptable careers to possibly make money in or, or have a life in. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a writer. <laughs> Like I'm going to argue advertising. And then everyone was like, it's such a waste of talent. Like, I can't even believe that you were doing this. You could be an engineer. You had good grades in math. Like, I'm so disappointed. My mother felt shame and she actually had to go through like a process of accepting that I had first gone to design and art school and then decided to switch to mm, communications because I felt that writing was easier for me than it was to design. Um, and so I heard it constantly in my family, uh, like the things that you want are not possible, that you're gonna starve. Like I literally heard this over and over from my mother, you're gonna starve doing this work. You're gonna starve, you're gonna starve, you're gonna starve like all the time. And I was like, excuse me people, but I was like, fork, no, I am gonna <laughs> prove you wrong. I've always had that thing when anyone tells me that I'm not gonna do something, I go like, you watch me. I'm just gonna freaking come back and like rub it in your face. Um, so yes, very much that that conviction of using actually the anger, which was a, an emotion that I used to connect mm. with a lot in the time, um, and just using that anger to fuel me. Every no that I got was like a not yet, just wait and see. There were people who were um, elderly men that I worked with or that were in an environment who said something like, um, you're not going to make it anywhere. And I've had employers who told me you're never going to have a business of your own because I demanded my rights as an employer and an employee. Um, and every single time that something that was not served to what I deserved at the table, I walked away. Wow. That, that is self-integrity right there. That is like pure, uh, purely inhabiting your, that truth in you, that higher self in you. And mm, I see this, like, I don't at all want to take your, it's such a dramatic story in terms of like the context of a theatrical setting, like you coming up against obstacle after obstacle after obstacle and the wish in you, the wanting you, the desire in you is fueling you. And it's, oh, it's so, and I, I yes. don't want to minimize any of your, experiences or circumstances but I'm looking at it from a dramatic point like I have when you when you write your book about it and I'm like <laughs> it would be several my book would be several <laughs> like first it was like overcoming the fact that I'm Venezuelan and listening to people tell me things like oh well you should be grateful that you even have a job because you're Venezuelan or going through customs in borders terrified that they're going to deport me, not because I have done anything wrong, but for the mere and simple fact that I'm Venezuelan, which has happened to like my best friend who had, I kid you not, $9,000 that he had saved up to literally blow the entire $9,000 on a two week trip to Cancun. Hello to my gay people, you know, Cancun is what's where it's at. <laughs> my queer friends. Uh, yeah. And then he actually went through that very traumatizing experience for him. And he was so upset about it. And like the guy at the, at the desk ended up telling him, look, we're told that every person that comes from Venezuela needs to be flown back. I'm sorry, you do fit the bill. You could come in. There's nothing wrong with you, but it's your nationality. And, you know, in addition to that it was like, 
why did I end up traveling the world, right? Why did I become a digital nomad? Yes, I wanted to travel the world. Yes, I wanted to see, you know, the Eiffel Tower or mm -hmm. Machu Picchu or, you know, dance in the Argentinian nightlife. But really what I was doing was that I was escaping the scarcity and the problems and the political, uh, you know, disheaval and just the, the criminality of Venezuela by traveling as long as my passport was legal in places that were visa free or in the US where I did have a visa to go and work for businesses for a short period of time. Um, I was doing it as a, in, a, in a way to survive. So yes, I do see how theatrical and dramatic it all is. And I can see that from a perspective of gratitude because it is because I've been through those experiences that I can help and empower people to feel that it doesn't matter what life throws at you. Everything that you dream and want for yourself is a sacred intention and it is meant to happen for you as long as you keep doing whatever it takes on your end to make that happen. I love, I love that perspective on challenge and obstacles because so often we think everything's happening against us. Like why, why am I, am I not, for instance, booking this role or finding this agent or finding my break or making money or why am I quote unquote suffering in such a way? Um, and it's that pivot of thinking. It's that reframe. And I want to move to how one, like an actor in this moment, in, in this pandemic, in the context of, I mean, this is a global community and I'm so thankful for that, but I'll hone in uh, a little bit on the context of the US because that's where I am right now in terms of the in terms of the pandemic and, and the news and all of these external factors constantly, like I almost feel like we're in a snowball or snow globe and it's just constantly being shaken up. Like we're, we're, we're thrown in different situations. It's like news flash after news flash after news flash. What can one do in this moment to peel layers of, of whether it may be fear or scarcity or even the thought that I can't even be an artist right now. Right. What is some, yeah. I would say that you just said it like a second <laughs> ago when um, you were talking about the question why. And in coaching, one of the first things we learn is that why is a, like the worst question you can possible ask is the self-victimizing word. Why okay. are you like this? Why am I doing this? Why is this happening to me? Why, why, why? I actually had my awakening, a very strong spiritual awakening, the moment that I decided to ask myself, instead of why is this happening, what can I do? Oh my gosh. And it was, oh. uh, and this is very aligned with what you've been working on, which is bringing anti-racism into the creative spaces. And we're going to go into mm -hmm. how to deal with fear, scarcity mindset. And, you know, I can't even be an actor right now in a second, but before I do mm -hmm. that, I want to um, honor the space from where I got this learning. And it was the tragic death of Ahmad Aubrey. And I'm probably mispronouncing that because I can't really pronounce that name correctly. He was a black man in the States who went out for a jog. And his tragic death is one of the reasons the world ended up putting a black square, right? And in that moment, when I just felt that deep pain of this person I'd never met, but that had an, a right to live, I, 
I could have done what I'd done in the past when I had issues with source and the, even the word God, I couldn't even say it. And I asked myself, I, I said, I believe in you. I believe in source. I believe that there's something greater than us. And I'm not going to ask why anymore. I just want to know what can I do instead. And as an actor, as a creator, um, whether you're an artist of any kind, I think we're all painting our masterpieces and our masterpieces are our lives. Yes, definitely, definitely. What can you do instead of asking yourself why? The old systems, the old paradigms, they're all falling apart. So maybe an agent isn't what you need right now. If what you're looking for is an agent, what is the goal of having an agent? And then ask yourself, what do I want this for? And what do I want this for? And what will this bring me? This is actually a, an NLP process to find your higher intention and know exactly what it is that you really want. And you might say very simply, I just want to book a role. And you might be saying at the same time, I can't even be an artist right now because in this pandemic, there is nowhere I can go. And what I want you to open your mind to is a possibility that there are ways you can be an actor right now. It might just not be the old traditional way of doing things. It's an opportunity for you to be your most creative self ever. This is the way that innovation comes from, from uncertainty. The Wright brothers didn't wake up one day and go like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a plane in the shape of a bird. I'm just gonna go ahead and do the same thing. There were no guarantees. They were like, I wanna fly. I don't know how the F I'm gonna do that, but I wanna fly. So I'm just gonna figure it out. So what can you do to be an actor right now? And who could you help with it, right? Like there are so many things that um, the art has been a way for us to deal with the pandemic. How many Netflix marathons? That's art. It's somebody's art out there that's entertaining you and distracting you and comforting you. And what happens when you're sad? Who do you turn to? You turn to your favorite book or your favorite movie or your favorite song or even your favorite cupcake, right? Like you need that comfort. And that comfort is coming from someone's art. So who can you comfort with your art right now? And when you oh, want to get into the commercial side of that, um, I strongly recommend following this woman called Ash Amberjay. She has something called <gasps> Project. And she always suggests that you run your ideas through what she calls the newspaper headline and be like, okay, what if instead of me focusing on finding an agent right now, I'm like uh, a New York actor uh, entertains um, 25 elderly people in a home through a Zoom interactive play, Ooh. bring heartwarming emotions and comfort to everyone on stage. And then boom, what did you really want to be an actor for, right? To, to make art, to be seen, to give that comfort to people, to give those two hours of distraction that they might need from the problems in their lives when they go in and they watch the Nutcracker and they see the dancing on stage, for those two hours, they're just enraptured in this other thing. For those two hours, you help someone. And when you take yourself out of the equation of, I want an agent so I can have a role and make some money, the abundance is gonna instantly and abundantly come your way because you're in that place of serving. And that's very much how manifestation works. Give what you want to receive. Mm. And if you wanna make money with it, yes, yes, 
Yes, I'm a hundred percent pro money person. Money is a wonderful tool. Um, if anyone has some money issues out there, I want you to remember that um, you've held probably a pen or a hammer in your hand if you never hurt anyone with it. And so if someone did, it's not that same pens or hammers fault. It's like that person's responsibility. Okay, so let's not blame money for the problems of the world. Um, instead, it's like, okay, if I want to make some money with this, who could I help? Like, could you help people who are pivoting their businesses right now? by teaching them the tools of how to improvise that you learn on stage could you be helping uh people who are for example i'm a coach and sometimes i i have a challenge coming up with how i want to say things or how i want to present myself can you help those people they will gladly pay you for what you know so that they can own a stage so that they can show up as themselves unapologetically um, and now to answer your question on how to deal with fear or anxiety, I, I strongly recommend the tool EFT tapping, emotional freedom techniques. Um, there are hundreds of videos on that on the internet. I have a couple of those in my IGTV. I'm not as prolific as these people that I'm going to introduce you to right now, Brad Yates. Mm. That's Y-A-T-E-S on YouTube. This man will help you feel better in like about a minute or eight minutes and he has hundreds of videos gala darling if you're into a little sassy divine feminine energy go ahead and find that um, and essentially what you do is you tune into the energetic centers of your body tune into the emotion that you want to release the belief that you want to change and then literally tap it out and does that answer your question Oh, oh yes, I think I have. I have all these post-its. They're just all over the table. There, I just have so many. There's so many seeds here, and I'm so excited to dive into them. Um, one thing I do want to mention. I know we're talking about abundance, uh, but I, I don't. And I, I know you know this, Gabby, with your expansive wealth consciousness. It's not. I'm not referring to just money, but I'm also tapping into sensations of abundance, ideas, inspirations, um, impulses, intuition, roles even that come to you as you're scrubbing your dishes or this character would say this yeah. thing as I'm mopping my floor. I, I see it as, um, I mean, we're always, you can't turn the artist off. A great quote of one of my uh, history of theater culture professors, he says, a creative being is a shade, a shadow. You cannot wash it out. You can't, yeah. there's no, there's, yes, you stepping in and out of, um, off stage, out of a character, but the artist within you is always moving. And I believe there's an artist in all of us. We're inherent creative. That is, that is part of our chemical makeup. Um, I want to also, oh my gosh, what, which one, which one do I start with first? I love your mention of uncertainty because so often I feel like we fear uncertainty, but a testament to you and your life and your deep visceral wishes have shown that uncertainty is the gateway to possibility. Uh, yes. And I think, yeah, we can all, it, it's, it's a pivot of thinking. And I know um, this all might sound very foreign, very strange, very much like it can't be that simple as just changing your thought patterns, but that's also <laughs> a complex issue in itself, right? We're highly, highly ingrained programmed, but what is um, something, a tool, a sentence, a phrase, a mantra, perhaps we can 
create together or you have one that has just come to you uh, as, as an impulse um, that we might offer someone in this situation who for up to this point has thought I can never be an actor unless I have an agent or I have this role or I'm trying to break into the industry or I call myself an aspiring actor because I don't even know if I agree with that phrase. I think there's always, you're always growing. You're always aspiring to something. Um, I would actually ask them to ask themselves the question, when did I decide this was the only way? Oh. Hmm. I need a barometer for all the chills I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> when did you decide that this was the only way? And then I would like you to just open yourself up to the invitation of researching the evidence for the opposite. And I guarantee you, you will find hundreds of success stories on the internet. We have our friends, DuckDuckGo, Ecosia, Google, all ready to serve you. Stories from all over the world of people who created lives of success as artists or creators in unexpected ways or literally manufacture them themselves just by pure will and drive. And aren't uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, a testament to that. Didn't they end up writing their own story? Mm. And to be honest, at the time, I feel like if, when they pitched it, they probably got a few like, this sounds super boring. Like, who cares about this story? And then like, they end up winning an Oscar. There mm. are people who um, had an idea that was a challenge. And I know that there are people who disagree with this woman now, but we cannot disagree with the pure wish and drive that got her to the place where she was. And that's JK Rowling. I always think of her because this woman wrote a book based on an idea that made zero logical sense at the time. There were no books about wizards at the time. There were no uh, little boy stories. Actually, everything was like little girls and princesses and maybe a frog here and there. Um, and she gets an idea sitting in a train about a boy who's like, parents are dead. So, way to start the story with like a super <laughs> uplifting bit awesome and then she has like the idea to completely upend all of her preconceived notions of what a school would be like um it's a story about fighting against racism basically and showing up for yourself my favorite line from that whole book is um you know you do it even though it's not easy. It's one of the things Dumbledore says. Uh, remember Cedric, who was a boy who was good and was kind and was still killed. And just, you do it even, it's not, even when it's not easy. You make the right choice even when it's not easy. So this woman is rejected 20 times. She wrote the book in like a cafe because she literally couldn't afford heating in her own house. But the wish to be found was so strong. And yes, you could say, oh, yeah, but she did find a literary agent. Yeah, but what, what had to happen for her to find a literary agent? She had to go and knock on door and knock on door and knock on door. And it was not until a woman who read the manuscript and she was like the one who got to read the things that usually went straight to the bin, um, wrapped them up in Smarties. Like she folded the book, made a bunch of copies on her own because... Um, JK only had like money for one, the one that she shipped. She wrapped them up, put the first chapter, put a bunch of Smarties, which are like candies in the UK inside of it, wrapped them up and then put them on people's desks and said, this is a Smartie contest winner. This is a Smartie contest winner. 
listen to me. And this is a junior uh, executive at the time. Nobody's listening to this woman, even though she's related to the owners. And they're like, whatever, you're like a junior, pay your dues, go get the coffee. But this woman's wish herself, she's like, I believe in this story and I believe this shit can win. And it did win multiple times the Smarties Award, which is a children's book award in the UK. So there are hundreds of stories of people who went an untraditional route and still got the outcome that they wanted. Believe that you can be one of them. Why is it that um, we have accepted that there is only one route mm-hmm. when the planet itself is filled with valleys and mountains and lakes and roads and we can take any path to our destination? That's phenomenal. That is so beautiful. And I think a key element uh, of what I am exploring myself and have been since my time at the Ilkholm Theater, because this is when the idea was first. It wasn't even an idea. It was a physical sensation. Like I, it, we were just on stage and they're like, you're going to do this. You're going to make this up from the beginning. You're going to take a, an impulse in you, um, an idea in your head and throw it up on stage and create a dramatic sketch from scratch sketch from scratch. And from the beginning there, we were taught to be creators. And a lot of acting students, a lot of acting trainings, I don't know in Europe as much, but I know in North America, it's very much we're given a script, we're given a role, you're saying you're doing this at this point, we haven't learned, because I've experienced both systems, we haven't learned how to take a little wish in us and it doesn't have to be a big thing. Maybe it's the fact that I want to go drink water and sit on the couch, but it's how you do it. It's why you're doing it. It's what you wanna get from it. So much of what you're talking about, um, taking even just three little actions and stringing together an etude, a sketch and making something out of nothing before the very eyes of the audience, before the very eyes of people on screen. And so much of that is taking your power back. And I feel like that you are a living example of you consistently taking power back. Yes, yes. And as an actor, a creator, an artist, aren't you at your truest form when you are creating a sketch from scratch? What makes you choose to follow the path of the agent and the script and somebody else choosing me? When you could choose yourself, when you could be the creator yourself, when you are starting with a blank page, isn't that your most creative self? Absolutely. And equally most terrifying. And I think it's those things that, that, that scare us the most that, that we need to pay the most attention to. Um, and I think too, that work begets work, right? An idea makes space for more ideas to come in. You develop a rhythm, you develop a vibrational frequency which uh, the momentum behind it, the momentum um, behind where behind where you want to go. And I also, I know I want to be mindful of your time and give us room for the end because Gabby is a busy bee and she's just making magic on the planet. Seriously, oh, I'm so thankful you're here. Uh, I want to offer, you've, you've given us so many nuggets, so many nuggets, uh, but so much of life on stage, we're, we're touching all parts of the spirit of the soul. There's so much going on um, and we need to hone in on concrete words, concrete actions to get there. So on stage, we don't 
move in gray tones. We don't move in between. It's either freezing cold or scalding hot. It's an extreme of sorts. And I wanna uh, offer some concrete steps or words or impulses or nuggets that are coming through you now. It doesn't have to be like a setup. <laughs> you don't have a freaking course about abundance for actors. Like, um, <laughs> right, <laughs> unless, unless you wanna make one, I'll sign up. <laughs> Of just, of just <laughs> something I, we, we can decompress like the scare, like release the scarcity or get out of the scarcity and begin to step into possibility, begin to step into abundance, begin to step into the, the notion of I can pick up this pen and take this page and, and make up a character right here and bring it to life. Yes. Um, I think that the first thing to do is understand what abundance is in the first place and understand that abundance is an aspect of the divine, is an aspect of love. And if there are people here who don't resonate with the idea of something divine or greater than the self, uh, I'm sure that you've loved something or someone or been loved by a pet maybe in your lifetime. And so when you bring that thought to your mind, just think of that person that you love dearly or maybe your dog or your cat Maybe that elderly neighbor that is kind of annoying, but somehow always remembers your birthday and brings you cookies. And, oh. <laughs> and as you bring that person to mind and, and just feel that love in your body, know that that is abundance because love itself is abundant. There is no capping on love. Have you ever had a dog love you and then be like, no, I'm, that's, that's it. I'm done with my loving for the day. So I'm clocking out. You're going to have to come back tomorrow. My tail wags are like done. So, yep, no more tail wagging. It's it's done now. I'm done. There's no more. No, no, that. It's not happening. Uh, so, no, la abundance is, is an aspect of love and you feel love. And whenever you feel love for the things that you want to do, you, you're probably an actor or creator because it's something that you love. It's something you cannot mm. help. It's, it's your passion. It's your oxygen. It's your drive. It's a wish that cannot be quelled by any other means than the act of creation. And knowing that you are abundant because you love it, you are abundant in ideas. Every time, like Sarah said, doing the dishes, you have a bunch of ideas coming there. Every time that you start to listen to a book or a story or you read it, and then you come up with your ideas of how you would interpret this character, how would you bring it to life? Every time that someone shares with you an idea for a business or a creative endeavor that they have, and you're like, oh, I, you, you could do this. You're being abundant already. So when you connect to the awareness that everything in your life is already abundant, you understand that you are part of that abundance. It is as inseparable from you as your very wish to create. And the more you connect to that awareness, how abundant you are in ideas, how abundant you are in love, how abundant you are in freaking cells in your body, <laughs> then you start to notice that all of the physical manifestations of abundance, like money, like um, awards, like recognition, they're all just coming from the effect of the cause. And you are the cause of that. You have the power to create that. And I hope that that's tangible enough for and concrete enough for our listeners to know that it's a, it's a daily practice to bring yourself into the awareness. Think of it as 
your warm-up exercises before you go on stage, right? Like hardly anyone goes completely raw, straight up, right? You do some warm-up exercises. So warm up your abundance. Every morning, do some gratitude. Every morning, uh, take a moment to notice the little things that you're already abundant in. Maybe you're abundant in socks. Maybe you're abundant in hugs. Maybe you're abundant in post-its around the world. Exactly. This this is the a, <laughs> a physical manifestation of the beautiful so abundance of. Just yeah. stretch your fingers into that. Like a, bring in that feeling, that 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 knowing that you are a, an aspect of abundance because you love what you do, because you are made of love, because you bring love into the world every time you put on a character on stage or you put your creation on the page or you paint your dream you are being an expression of love itself. And so therefore you are abundance itself. It cannot be separated. Love is abundant and abundance is part of love. That was breathtaking. I have no breath left. Uh, I also wanna note before we head into the last bit, Gabby speaks like five languages, English being one of them. So the level of articulation you have in English is mind blowing to me. So thank you for sharing your wisdom in in every language, but right now specifically English. Shout out to the nanny where I picked up the accent from, watching TV with a child. (laughs) (laughs) Millennials, millennials. (laughs) I think it was anyway. Nancy's are so confused right now, like what? The nanny, it's like, they're going to Google that later. Right. What's that? What's that? So um, some questions that I offer to our phenomenal guests. Uh, I'd love to dive into those right now. And I know the NLP equivalent might have a different take on this word, the wish. So you can adapt it to desire or want or outcome, anything like that. But what does the wish in any of those contexts mean to you? What does it evoke in you? For me, a wish is a sacred intention. And for me, it's coming from the source, from where all things come from. And I know we could get into the argument of the chicken and the egg, but for me, the chicken and the egg come at the same time from the same thing. And it's from this light, this source of all life, all beauty, all good things. And we are here to experiment the self. And so every wish is a sacred intention of the source to express itself. And that means I absolutely have to do it because how can I disappoint the source? Like, come on, this is, this is a sacred task for me to experience in life. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's so stunning. Okay. Nice one. <laughs> it's like everything you say, I don't know how to move on because I'm just soaking it in. Um, what is a current obstacle you're overcoming at the moment? I am overcoming ancestral healing challenges. I'm really focusing on moving on from the diatribe or the narratives of the colonizer and the colonized being a child of both a mixed race Latina and becoming the first in my family to bring in the narrative of liberation and be the one that heralds the new generations in my family line into just complete freedom 
and fulfillment of being themselves sans the shackles and the labels of the past, just our new, true, brighter selves. Pen drop, mic drop, all of the <laughs> drops. <laughs> and, yeah, we are in your presence, Gabby, only truth and more truth can be unveiled. It's so beautiful. What are you excited about creating right now? I am so excited to create the change I want to see in the world. I'm actually really excited. And this is going to sound probably triggering and challenging to most people uh, listening. I am excited about the pandemic because I believe it's the opportunity for global creativity coming from the uncertainty. I feel that people have been saying pivot, pivot, pivot. And I'm like, yes, we have been needing to pivot for a very long time. And I'm excited to help conscious creators herald in that global pivot into a world of equity, of fairness, of reparations, of taking care of La Pachamama or Mama Earth and to be an active contributor to that world that I wanna live in where um, I'm not afraid to pick up a makeup box because it might have mica in it that was mined by the hands of children somewhere in India. I wanna be able to go and pick up maybe some pastries and know that the animals that were involved in the production of that pastry were treated humanely and with love and care. And that being a coach, I help people who are creating those businesses, who are creating that change, feel empowered. And like, they're not crazy for wanting to create that world. That's what I'm excited about. And that's a world I, I see, I literally see it before me and I'm so excited to inhabit it with you and co-create, consciously create, be a contributor to this beautiful vision. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I just, where on this, on this note, before we dive into Speech for the Stage, where can people find you? I know that all of our listeners, every, every soul in the actor-to-artist community ensemble is salivating for more where can we find more Gabby <laughs> oh so I am available to all of you my dms are open I am right now on instagram at joy pursuit very easy um also like down on facebook probably not gonna find me on the page there but if you dm me on the messenger probably you will find me there uh, my website is joypursuit.com and i am constantly creating new spaces i'm soon to be also on vibio or vibio it's a new social media app that's the soul putting soul back into social media it's for conscious creators and i really really feel like it's going to be a game changer because i know instagram and facebook are not like the best places to be on right now but it is where most people are so you can find me there and then on vivio i will be at joy pursuit marvelous and i will link all that up in the show notes because we all we all need more gabby in our lives <laughs> i want to say to anyone who wants to connect please know that i am not into the follower uh, relationship uh, or single broadcasting. I'm very much about the feedback and the communication. So when you come to my space, I will be following back and commenting and talking to you because I believe that we need to get out of the broadcasting and more into mm -hmm. this co-creating ensembles where we are communicating instead. Oh, co-creating ensembles where we are communicating instead. That is so good. That is so, so good. Okay, let us 
close out this magnificent episode with a little speech for the stage. And I have asked Gabby to provide two consonants, yes. two special consonants. Um, please, please do share. Yes. So I picked the two most challenging consonants because this episode has been all about finding the gift in the challenge. Mm. So these are from my native tongue, Spanish, Espanol. And the first one is la R, and that's the R. And the second one is la Ñ, which is an N with a little, like a little hat on it. <laughs> Think of a little French hat on it. Circumflex accent that's like right on top of the N. And so those are my two letters. And they are in my second last name because yes, I'm Latina. So I have two names and two last names. <laughs> <laughs> so we have R. And Enye. I hope yes. I am a little close to the correct pronunciation. You are. You're doing great. Um, and we'll set that up. Gabby, would you like to do it together or would you like to go solo? What do you okay. think? Let's let's go do it through it. We're all about co-creating, right? So Yes. Okay. 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 So we'll set it up with Vinimanya naturally, and then we'll go through uh, the first string of vowels with R. And then we'll do enye, and let's see how we feel there. And we have, just as a reminder, A-E-I-O-U. Yes. got this. All right. Vimanya. Vimanya. Attention. Natalie. Natalie. Again. Okay. Oh, we're frozen. Okay, no, now I see you. <laughs> we're trying to do a co-creative thing, and it's frozen. Okay, there we go. We got it? Okay, let's dive in. <laughs> One more time, let's do it. Oh my God, that's perfect. And let's go. I, I guess you go N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-Y-E-N-
Thank you so much for joining me and pressing play on yourself today. If this episode resonated with you, be sure to share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes. We are building the ensemble, so the more people who see it, the more rich and diverse our collective will be. If you're looking for extra inspiration, come find me on Instagram, at Sarabanda. I am so eager to connect, and I'll be ready with a new task for us to explore next week. In the meantime, enjoy the process. Just remember to lead with your wish.